This week we have a double parsha, the parsha of Chukas and the parsha of Balak. Now, whenever two parshiyos come together, by the fact that they come together and they're joined together as one, means that there's got to be some ideas that link these parshas um, and give them some common theme and common message and lesson for us to learn from them. So, what is it about Chukas and Balak? Chukas. What does Chukas mean? The pasuk says, "Zois Chukas These are the laws of the Torah, the statutes of the Torah. And we know that chukah represents the type of mitzvah that's beyond any logic. There's different types of mitzvahs that we have. Many of them, or most of them, have some logic that we can easily understand, or through learning in the Torah, we, we are able to pick up the reason, the logic behind the mitzvah. There are some mitzvahs, though, that remain a chayk, a chukah, and they remain something that is beyond our logic, might even defy logic, and nevertheless, we do them because Hashem said to do them. So the chukah represents that mitzvah, or that service, that dedication to Hashem, that's beyond even human logic. Now, even in chukah alone, even in those mitzvahs that are illogical, if you will, or beyond logic, there's different levels. And the ultimate chuk, the mitzvah that has the least logic, the least ability to understand, is the mitzvah at the beginning of this parsha of para aduma, the red heifer that was, that was killed, that was slaughtered, and then burnt, and then used to purify those that had come in contact with the dead, those who were impure. Shleim HaMelech said that all the other mitzvahs of the Torah, even the ones that typically we don't know the logic for, I was able to understand them, but not this one. As he writes, as he says, Amarti ech mimeni. There was one mitzvah that I could never ever plumb the depths. I couldn't really, I couldn't understand it. And this is said by Shleim HaMelech, who the, who the Navi says, is the wisest of all men. So that the mitzvah of Parshas Chukas, the very name of Parshas Chukas, connotes this idea of that devotion to Hashem that's totally above and beyond logic. That's Chukas. What about Balak? Part 2. Balak is the story of Balak was this very wicked king, the king of Moab, and he's afraid of the Jewish people who are coming out of Egypt, and he goes ahead and hires Bilam, who's this evil prophet and sorcerer, to come and curse the Jewish people. And the entire Parsha is the episode of where Balak is trying to get Bilam to curse the Jewish people. Bilam is not able to. Hashem doesn't allow him to curse them. And instead, it ends up being a Parsha of the most beautiful blessings for Klal Yisrael. But as the commentaries point out, both Balak and even more so Bilam were operating with a hatred to the Jewish people that was totally illogical. First Balak. Balak, when you read the Chumash, it sounds like, well, he was threatened by the Jewish people because they're going to come and conquer his land. However, that's not true. He was the king of Moab, and the Jewish people had a mitzvah from Hashem, don't fight with Moab, don't touch Moab. The Jewish people were not allowed to go and do battle with Balak's uh, nation at all. So Balak's hatred for the Jewish people wasn't out of a logical threat because they weren't threatening him, they weren't allowed to touch him. Rather, it was an illogical hatred for the Jewish people, for something that's holy, that he was opposed to in a way that defies logic. Bilam, even more so. Bilam was a prophet, and Bilam knew very well that he could not curse the Jewish people if Hashem would not allow him to do so. And in fact, Bilam asks Hashem, can I go? Hashem says, no. Bilam says, can I go anyway? So Hashem says, you can go, but you're going to end up saying exactly what I want you to say. And Bilam goes, knowing that Hashem told him this is not going to work. But you have this illogical hatred for the Jewish people, both by Balak and Bilam. 
So when you think about it, these two parshias are both with a very common message. The message of that passion that's illogical. The difference though is that in Chukas, it's the illogical passion for Kedusha, for holiness, where one serves Hashem even above and beyond what they understand. Balak is the extreme opposite. It's the illogical passion to fight holiness, to go against that which is good, right, holy, and decent, and to have that illogical passion, that illogical wickedness. So they're both about something that defies logic. And the lesson to us is a powerful one because the concept that there are things within our lives that are beyond logic is a truth. All of us know that although we try to be logical, yet there are certain feelings that are deeper than logic. And there are certain passions and certain things that are rooted within ourselves that are illogical. They're greater, they're more powerful than logic. It's up to us. Are we going to use that power of the illogical? Are we going to use that in a negative way like a Balak and Bilam? Or are we, or are we going to use that for the positive like Parshas Chukas? Because the power is there. It's very much part of our soul that we have logic and we have feelings, but we have those feelings that are defy logic and are greater and more passionate than logic. But it's up to us to see to it that instead of using them in a negative way and being illogically unholy, to the contrary, we use that power that's beyond logic in our holiness, in our devotion and dedication to Hashem, in our devotion and dedication to goodness and to holiness and to selflessness. It's no coincidence that this Shabbos is also the 12th of Tammuz. The 12th of Tammuz is celebrated as a great Yom Tov. It was 96 years ago on this day that the previous Rebbe of Lubavitch, Rebbe Yosef Yitzchak, who had been imprisoned um, by, the communists, uh, by, the com by the communists in Russia for, for, be for taking on the responsibility of spreading Yiddishkeit and Torah Mitzvahs in the entire Russia in that terribly difficult time under the communist persecution. And the Friedrich Rebbe was arrested. Ultimately, he was sentenced to death in that arrest. And with tremendous miracles, in that terrible, terrible time, he was able to be totally freed and ultimately leave the country and to renew and redouble his activities for Klal Yisrael and for Yiddishkeit onward after that. But that day, when he was released from jail, released from his exile, was on the 12th of Tammuz, 1927. And the story of the Friedrich Rebbe also carries so much of that illogical, beyond logic that we have within ourselves, both for the positive as, for, as well as for the negative. For the negative, it was those who hated Torah and hated Yiddishkeit with such a passion. Be a passion beyond logic that they worked on trying to stamp out Yiddishkeit in every form throughout the Soviet Union. And as we know from the history of the time, even beyond the law of the land, it was the Jewish arm of the communist movement called the Yusefska who, were, who had this hatred to anything holy, to anything of Torah and Mitzvahs, and they were the ones who were responsible for the imprisonment of the Friedrich Rebbe and for trying to have the Friedrich Rebbe totally, totally you know, removed from the picture. They had this, this terrible hatred for Kedusha. On the other hand, it was the Friedrich Rebbe himself and what he inspired by his Hasidim to have this tremendous Mesiris Nefesh self sacrifice for Yiddishkeit, again, in a totally illogical way. The Friedrich Rebbe faced down the communist government, the superpower in the world, millions, uh, a government that had, you know, that had power without any limitation and killed people without any limitation. And the Friedrich Rebbe resolutely stands up and he says, we are not bowing to them. And he demanded that of his Hasidim. And many of them did die in Messiris Nefesh and suffered terribly at their hands. But with this 
dedication to Hashem that was illogical. Because how could he fight them? How could you stand up to such a regime? But the Friedrich Rebbe used that power of Messiris Nefesh and inspired his followers to go on that Messiris Nefesh, to keep the flame of Torah and Kedusha burning even at that most difficult of times. So the story of, of Yud Beis Tammuz is really the story of Parshas Bolak and Parshas Chukas. The illogical negative hatred towards Kedusha and the illogical passion, devotion and dedication to Kedusha that one can bring and inspire themselves to. This is of course the message of Yudbeis Tamos and the message of Parshas Chukas that we should be able, that we should tap into that part of ourselves. The good illogical part of ourselves, the holy illogical part of ourselves, the one that's dedicated passionately to Hashem even above and beyond our logic and in that way serve Hashem properly and proudly and ultimately to bring the coming of Mashiach to be speedily in our days. Have a wonderful Shabbos.